Get informed, get inspired, and get connected. CannabisRadio.com presents NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice. The National Cannabis Industry Association is the only national trade organization representing the businesses of the legal cannabis industry. NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice covers a range of topics, including the rapidly evolving political and policy changes that affect our industry, news and events of importance to cannabis professionals, and features on companies, individuals, and campaigns at the cutting edge of the cannabis industry. NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice begins now. Hi, this is your host, Bethany Moore, from NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice from the National Cannabis Industry Association. In these episodes, NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice sent our microphones to interview speakers, exhibitors, and attendees at NCIA's fifth annual Cannabis Business Summit and Expo. Stay tuned to hear more from industry leaders and experts. I'm excited to have in front of me here Jason Thomas from Avalon Realty Advisors. Hey, Jason, how's your day? Hey, Bethany, I'm doing great. It's an incredible, incredible um, expo today. You guys have done a great job on putting this together. Thank you so much. It takes so many people, arms, legs, and feet, but I'm so excited to see it come together as well. So um, you are an owner of a marijuana commercial real estate consulting company. You're based in Denver. You're definitely an industry activist. I know that you're involved in LEAP as well. So your specialty is marijuana real estate, valuations, and you've also provided expert witness testimony and you've been doing all this since the late 90s, which is amazing. So tell me more about Avalon and what your company is providing. Well, we're a cannabis-centric commercial real estate brokerage and advisory company based out of Colorado. Uh, we provide brokerage services, but also expert witness, valuations for businesses and facilities, and other specific consulting that relates directly to real estate. Uh, but we're very active, not only in Colorado, but nationally. And for us, there's a wide open market that we can tap into at most any place. Absolutely. So you're dealing with the types of buildings that range from like cultivation facilities to even dispensary retail. Is that right? That is. So we handle every property type, whether it's raw land for outdoor or greenhouse cultivation, uh, warehouse industrial for indoor, uh, retail locations. If it has to do with real estate in the industry, then we're involved in some way, even on the periphery. Got it. So do you have goals for attending this conference? Are there people that you want to meet or are you here for the panel sessions? Or what's most exciting to you about this year's Cannabis Business Summit? Well, what's most exciting is just the opportunity to meet so many different people, set up meetings and meet with people that I've talked to for, in some cases, years that we've never had a chance to get together. But just the opportunity to learn, experience what's happening outside of my home state. Um, but the panel discussions are great. Uh, the expo floor is huge. I mean, I'm 400 exhibitors. I'm tired of walking around, but it's well worth it. <laughs> totally agree. So let's talk a little more about your industry activism. Uh, you're involved in LEAP, um, which is formerly Law Enforcement Against Prohibition. But now it's still LEAP. But what does that stand for again? So we recently rebranded and changed our name. Uh, we still have the LEAP acronym, but we're now known as Law Enforcement Action Partnership. And we wanted to make a change. Well, I guess I should back up for a minute and 
Uh, so LEAP is a nonprofit worldwide organization made up of judges, former prosecutors, and law enforcement officials, both current and former. And really our overriding mandate is to do what we can as former law enforcement to correct and change the drug laws that are inherently causing bigger issues in our society and country than what they were meant to actually uh, safeguard against. Um, so I've been very active in speaking out against the drug war and its unintended consequences. But worldwide, the three, 350 of us that are part of the Speakers Bureau, we're very active and not just talking about the marijuana industry, but the opioid epidemic, the mass incarceration issues, and other social justice issues and items that are directly impacted by the drug war. Got it. Well, thank you for doing that work. It's super important. And it's also important if you're in the industry to be a part of NCIA, the National Cannabis Industry Association. You've been a member for a really long time. Tell us about why you're a member of NCIA. Well, when I got involved in NCIA, there were less than 100 members. Uh, Avalon is a founding member of NCIA, which we're very proud of. Um, but I've known Adam Smith, the executive director, since 2009, and we've known each other for quite a few years now. But initially, NCIA was a group of about 100 people. Well, our business conferences were about 100 people in Colorado, and NCIA was just gathering members one, two at a time. But to see this, it's incredible. So having been a part of the organization you know, as a supporter, um, on the inside working at different events or however I can help, it's really gratifying to me for the staff and for everybody at the organization to really achieve such a high level of success in a short amount of time and to have done it and doing it so well. Thanks. Yeah, it is really incredible. We've got some some smaller lounges on the actual expo floor that gives us a chance to have little mini talks with people this time as well so you don't even have to go into a panel in some cases you can just talk to folks in these cultivation lounges or the dispensary and retail lounge for example it's pretty exciting and this morning was wow with former deputy attorney general james cole the the fireside chat with nci's executive director aaron smith and james cole was riveting it was such a good conversation were you in the audience there and did you did you get a chance to catch that and what did you think uh, i was in the audience and it was eye-opening to say the least you know the cole memo has been an overriding well up until six seven months ago uh, when it was essentially rescinded uh, it's been a pillar of legalization within the country and a concrete piece of pre-legalization uh, that's continued through to provide protections for marijuana businesses. Um, what I really appreciated and was excited about was the insight that Mr. Cole brought to the discussion. Why did he write the memo? What were the purposes behind it? What did he think of when he was writing it? Did he have any expectation of the fact that it would become one of the three or four you know, pillars of the industry to safeguard it? Totally. Yeah, he kind of gave us, uh, he showed us what happens behind the curtains and uh, how the sausage is made and in Washington, D.C. a little bit. <laughs> anyway, thank you so much for joining us today, Jason, and I hope you enjoy the rest of the conference. Well, thank you, Bethany. Appreciate it. And 
Great job again to NCIA. This is a fantastic conference. All right, we're going to take a quick commercial break, but stay tuned to NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice on Cannabis Radio. NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice will return once we give a voice to our sponsors. Introducing Blue Moon CBD, straight from the bluegrass of Kentucky. With our special nano emulsion process, you'll not only get the best CBD available, you'll get more of it. Not all CBD is the same. It's your body. It's your choice. Get relief from inflammation, anxiety, and stress. Go to www.bluemoonhemp.com and use code HEMP420 for a 20% discount on your order. Balance your body. Balance your life. Make it Blue Moon CBD. Oh, let the marijuana llama tell you something now About a game for your phone gonna make you say wow The game's about the game of growing cannabis for cash Grow the seeds, sell the bud, put the savings in the stash Little by little your empire grows large Put the big celebrities inside your entourage You can choose to play with Snoop or me or Chichin Chong Cypress Hill, Willie Nelson, Wiz Khalifa with a bong The name of the game is Hemping, that's the point Download and play while you light yourself a joint The business of cannabis should be no crime. Hemp Inc. is even hot-proofed by the man who run high times. Oh yeah, get it on Android and I and iOS today. Marijuana Llama out. Got to tend to me on crops, you know. Money don't make itself. Hemp Inc. Join us in Anaheim, California this October 22nd and 23rd at NCIA and CCIA's California Cannabis Business Conference. With 60,000 square feet of expo floor, over 3,000 cannabis business leaders, and over 100 thought leaders and policymakers, the California Cannabis Business Conference is the place to learn how to navigate the world's largest adult use market. Register today at www.CaliforniaCannabisBusinessConference.com. Get informed, get inspired, and get connected with more of NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice, only on CannabisRadio.com. And we're back to hear more from NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice on Cannabis Radio. And I'm joined by Cannabis Royalties Corporation President and General Counsel, Afsal Hassan. Afsal, thank you for being here on Cannabis Radio. My pleasure. So, talk to me a little bit about... First of all, give me the elevator pitch about Canna Royalty. What is it that you do? Absolutely. So we've got a relatively simple business model. Uh, our long-term goal is in about five to ten years, our end state should look something like a traditional house of brands, uh, be it a Diageo, a Rothman Benson Hedges, a Procter & Gamble, a Pepsi Frito-Lay. That's our ambition, and frankly, it's the ambition of most, if not all, cannabis companies that are producing products in the space. Uh, what sets us apart is our approach. Uh, we're not going at it by buying up every license you can in the space. We're not going at it by trying to make our own products and hope that we're going to come out the winner uh, because we have the best products. Because the reality is there are hundreds of people out there that make really impressive products that I would love to sell and distribute. And I would never try and devalue the contribution of all these entrepreneurs that have paved the way for this industry too. Our business model uh, centers around a distribution-focused strategy and cooperation and partnership with existing entrepreneurs. So I split it up into three stages. Phase one for us is to become the leading distributor of cannabis products in the state of California. Phase two is to take the products that we see rise to the top of the, the platform, the ones that are the most successful in a continuing basis over time, and then acquire those brands. 
Phase three is to take our brand portfolio from the state of California and then deploy it into other markets, either through cross-licensing or out-licensing with third parties that have infrastructure over there or by building out that infrastructure ourselves. So that's how we get to our end state in five or 10 years is three simple steps. Now, talk to me about, because you know there is enough right now to really, I think the environment is good enough where, I mean, you have enough businesses that are not globally public and, and very, uh, you know, uh, very visible but when you're trying to make a brand visible globally what's the race look like right now for cannabis to have that first public I mean non unforgettable visible brand where's the race on that right now how close are we to getting to that we're getting closer and closer I think there are a number of very recognized brands that are getting very close to having that type of recognition but a key part that holds us all back is the fact that we can't use traditional advertising media channels. And so I think the way that it's actually going to have to have to happen is that it resonates through the media and through other types of sociocultural tools and channels in a way that is news driven. What you see, I mean, I think Jewel is a great example. So I'm sure you're familiar with that yeah, company. Yeah, and their notoriety and infamy is actually, frankly, what a large part of what has brought out the story. It's not necessarily the advertising that they may be doing in any particular place. It's the fact that they're in the news. And I think that is going to be a huge tool for cannabis businesses to use. If you can get a product into the news and uh, uh, really resonating in the cultural fab- fabric, that's where you might see the first national or global brand really start to emerge. Now, the other thing you talk about is how California being the world's most discerning customers, but you feel like California is a great test market for seeing if a brand can expand itself to other markets. Tell me why you think that is. Is it just because of the concentration of businesses, or do you think the consumers are just that good a market to work with? I and mean, it is hands down. I ran a scorecard on every jurisdiction in the world for cannabis, and California was not just ahead of the pack, but in a whole other world. Uh, The regulatory system in most other states is mediocre to bad, and that's the sad reality of it. They're extremely restrictive, they're not good for business, the list goes on, but California has one of the most sensible regulatory systems that allows for a balance of entrepreneurship and protection of the consumer and a viable business opportunity for, for companies. And so that's step one, is the best cannabis regulatory system in the world Step two, the biggest cannabis market market in the world. There is no other jurisdiction that has more consumers in it than California in terms of an open cannabis jurisdiction. So volume of consumers that are there, also a big factor. But more importantly than all these things, California has played an amazing role in actually developing brands in our history. It has been the place where brands have emanated. I mean, I'm proud to be a Canadian citizen and that's where I was born and it's always going to hold a special place in my heart. But Let's not kid ourselves. There are not very many global brands that have ever emerged from Canada, and it's because of structural elements. I mean, California sits at the nexus of so many different media channels, technology channels, trends, etc., that it can have a global impact for things that are happening over here, whereas there is very few other places in the world that can have that type of impact. And so you layer that onto also some of the most discerning consumers in the world, too, What you've got is the most competitive place in the world. This is not going to be an easy place to win, but our belief is if you win it here, you are going to win it across the world. 
You know, and it's interesting how you say that about Canada because of the fact that you do have legalization. A lot of companies are looking to invest a lot of money. I mean, you have a lot of billion, I mean, million dollar mergers now, multi-million dollar mergers. Multi-billion dollar. Uh, multi-billion dollar, excuse me, yes. And, but it's interesting that you'll still, you, you definitely are, are dedicated to California and I understand a lot of people feel the same way. Now, what about distribution, not only from urban markets, which is obviously metropolitan areas, what about flyover America? What about rural areas that, when you're talking about distribution, I mean, to be that brand and being able to go and have the pipeline to distribute your products out there, or whoever you represent, how do you work around that? Well, we're not actually working around it. We're trying to create those pipes uh, for everybody else. So this is a core part of our business model is as a distributor, we're looking to take the steps to actually serve those rural markets because you know what, if you're running a single brand, it's not economical for you to drive trucks out to Eureka or Shasta Lake up in the north of California or into the interior or into the valleys as well. But if I'm carrying 50 brands like we are on our platform right now, it makes a lot more sense for me to do the work to create that infrastructure, have the trucks running there day to day and have the products flowing. And so that's a huge problem that we saw that we wanted to take upon ourselves to do not because we want to hoard those pipes for ourselves and just get our products out into those dispensaries because you know what there is no monopoly somebody else can run a truck up there as well we want to build them so that other people work with us cooperatively and we can all build bigger market over here absolutely now you say yourself about how building a building a world-class logistics platform and supporting contract manufacturing assets the growth of new and established cannabis brands can be spearheaded so Elaborate a little more about the logistics. Well, the logistics, I mean, it's it's a multi-featured package. We came to this business strategy by operating two very small brands, uh, which we acquired two years ago, and then realizing that all the ingredients for success that they needed just did not exist. There were no distributors. There were no contract manufacturers. There weren't a multitude of things, including banking, for example, that they need to actually thrive and sustain themselves as companies. And that's why we started to go down the path of building distribution infrastructure uh, by acquiring and merging partners that we were working with that had individual components of what we saw as being necessary in this market. So logistics is a big part of it. But in addition to that, we've tacked on things like contract manufacturing, compliance and other types of dedicated support that we can offer to our partners as a value add, because what we want to do is create the environment in which they are best equipped to succeed. And serve the consumer because ultimately that's how we win as a distributor. The more the consumer can buy through and the more they trust in this market, the better we're going to do as a distributor, the better the retailers are going to do and the better the brands are going to do. It's the classic win-win that you're always looking for. Now you add the title general counsel to you. So, I mean, are you very much uh, on hands-on when it comes to contractual agreements and trying to build this for brands? Uh, absolutely. I mean, all these relationships, I try my best to be involved right from the outset. I mean, it, it there is a certain personal interaction right now that is critical, especially as people are trying to learn to trust people as well. I mean, a big part of why these things and relationships don't exist right now is the fact that people haven't felt comfortable trusting each other yet. Yeah. And that means that there is a need for everybody in our company from the top to the bottom to have that high touch interaction so that people know and understand that we care and we we are trustworthy people. So absolutely, my day-to-day of working on contracts is thankfully less than it used to be a year ago or three years ago. Yeah. And it's just a matter of bandwidth as well. But 
the relationship building that goes into the contract, I see that as critical uh, for us. And uh, there may be a time and place where I can't meet with every brand partner, but for now, it's uh, very much so my mission and goal to be able to do that. Final question for Afsal Hassan with Canada Royalty. What are the traits, in a couple of words, that any company right now needs in order to build themselves to become the next cannabis brand? And if they have those traits, how do they talk to you? I, I tell people it always starts with the product itself. And it's not about, do you have the fanciest vape pen? Do you have the coolest looking flower or whatever it might be? It's product that's there to serve a need. The, the companies that resonate with me the most are the entrepreneurs that have created a product because either they needed it or their community needed that product. And at its core, that's where you have the strongest interaction because you know what? I can find on this floor dozens of vape pens, one better than the next. But you know what the one is that's going to win, win this battle? Mm -hmm. It's the one that people want to consume. That's right. what makes a difference. And so... If you've come up with a product that you think is really special and it's served a need in your life or somebody else's life, call us because that's exactly what we want to hear. I don't care what your sales look like. I don't care how much facilities you have, how much experience, etc. That kernel of innovation is something that I can never hope to replicate and I respect and value a lot and that's exactly what we're looking to nurture. What's the website? Canaroyalty.com. Uh, find us. Please get in touch with us. We'd love to work with you. Alsace Hassan, President and General Counsel of CannaRoyalty.com. Thank you for making the time to join us. All right, we're going to take a quick commercial break, but stay tuned to NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice on Cannabis Radio. NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice will return once we give a voice to our sponsors. The 2018 United States Cannabis Conference and Expo is just days away. August 24th through the 26th at the Hyatt Regency in downtown Miami. Register now at usccexpo.com. Don't miss out on a jam-packed weekend of education, speed networking, powerful keynotes, plus our can't-miss networking mega-yacht event, High Tide. You still have time to join us in Miami August 24th through the 26th for the 2018 United States Cannabis Conference and Expo. Don't miss out. Log on to usccexpo.com and register now. Cannabis concentrates have been around for thousands of years. In 19th century America, extracts mixed with other herbs were sold as a miracle cure. Now, Apex Supercritical has elevated the science of extraction into the 21st century. Apex Supercritical is the leader in CO2 extraction, which is the cleanest, safest, and purest way to extract plant oils. ROI in as little as three weeks. Our cost-effective systems are fully automated with an industry-leading three-year warranty. And if we don't have your system in stock, we can build one in as little as four weeks. Bringing CO2 extraction to the masses. Learn more at apeksupercritical.com. Four-week build excludes high production systems. Now available for pre-order through crowdfunding for just $14 plus $10 shipping. Pouches, premium mixing and rolling pouches allow you to carry and prepare your herbs for consumption with discretion and ease. These stylish pouches are handcrafted using strong zips, long-wearing buffalo leather outside, and smooth, cheap skin inside. A portion of proceeds go to fund vital medical research into cannabis for ADHD. See a demo and get yours now on Indiegogo or Pouches.com. That's P-O-U-C-H-Z.com.
Get informed, get inspired, and get connected with more of NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice, only on CannabisRadio.com. And we're back to hear more from NCIA's Cannabis Industry Voice on Cannabis Radio. This is Braska with CannabisRadio.com reporting to you on location. Right now I'm joined by our folks of the Cannabis Conservancy, who you might remember uh, we've had people on the NCIA Cannabis Industry Voice podcast, uh, namely Jacob Pulser, who's been on with us. And right now we're joined by the co-founder and director of operations for the Cannabis Conservancy, Brittany Anderson. Brittany, thank you for joining us. Thank you so much for having me today. You're very welcome. So we're talking about your company and these, this organization, very important. Uh, you're based in Canada. And first of all, congratulations on the federal legalization. Um, how excited are you and your team uh, coming up October? Yeah, we're definitely really excited and really looking forward to federal legalization of cannabis in Canada. Um, there's, we're excited there might be farm gate sales in British Columbia. Um, we're looking forward to micro licenses and some of the outdoor grows and really trying to diversify and support the growers that have been in the industry and are basically the reason why we're looking at um, legalization to begin with. So let's support those people that have made it happen and uplift the industry to make it the most sustainable on the planet. Excellent. So mission statement, empowering and assuring the regulated cannabis industry receives environmental, economic, and social sustainability. So uh, give me a little broad view of some of the things that you're working on right now actively. Yeah, absolutely. So we are in the process of, so we do have farms that are certified and we also are working with farms to get them certified and we're working also uh, funded by Dr. Bronner's working with Certified Kind uh, to develop a regenerative cannabis certification. So that will be sun-grown, native soil and really going deeper into that, um, into that realm. So that's something we're also um, really excited about and looking forward to right now. Among some of the people we've already interviewed here on the net, on the, the network here at NCIA's Cannabis Business Summit. So here at the summit, we have heard from a number of people we've interviewed about the tireless things they've done to help create better safety for the plant. You know, we've talked about uh, with companies that have talked about using radio frequency to help and assuring that the yeast and uh, uh, the yeast count is being controlled, mold count. We've had people talking about uh, using molecular DNA in order to, you know, I guess more of a like, fortify the plant. It's the safety measures that are being done right now, you know, for the consumption. I mean, talk to me about in broad sense about if you've seen some of these kind of booths that have been here and how amazed are you by all the different things that are being done to keep this plant safe? Yeah, absolutely. So one of the things I think that keeps the plants the safest is having a well-trained team and having standard operating procedures and ensuring that you're actually spending time with the plant and that they're being checked on a regular basis. You have a really strong IPM management strategy and that when something does happen, because inevitably there'll always be something, that you know how to properly quarantine and destroy that so you're not looking at total crop loss um, and you're not going to extremes to try to save your crop and potentially 
spraying things that aren't kind to the plant, aren't kind to the soil, and aren't kind to the humans. So I think, uh, I guess there's a Chinese proverb that I heard from uh, Shango Los yesterday <laughs> that, uh, yeah, he said, I, and I'm going to get this wrong, but I think you'll get the idea that the, um, the, best, the best thing you can do for a plant is the, or the best thing for a plant is the shade it gets from the farmer. So it's really the time that you're spending with it. That's going to be the thing that helps it uh, to, to grow the most. So I think that's kind of a cool way of looking at it. A preface, by the way, Shangolos is a wise sage in this business. You know, if you ever get a chance to talk to him, he is very philosophical, a lot of reason and logic behind what he says. And you know, I got to know that because I got to produce about 50 shows of the Gondrepreneur podcast that are on CannabisRadio.com. Uh, standards. I've been hearing, without not going into detail, but there are a number of states, of, obviously, that are coming in with adult use legalization. And some of the things that are being done in terms of standards, which might leave companies you know, susceptible to losses. It might be susceptible to a lot of things because safety standards, uh, testing standards, things that are not being done for sustainability that are not being followed. And this is, you know, might be a state issue, might be dealing with a, a real fight with lobbyists or special interests or companies themselves that are looking to either kind of save a few bucks or just trying to find compliance technically without being truly compliant. Yeah, and so that's why, I mean, the growers that we work with, I think from a consumer perspective, um, you know, we've seen it in the organic sector, we've seen it with fair trade. People want to be able to look at a product and see that it has a third-party certification because then they're assured that it's not just the company that's saying what they do and whether you can trust that or not, but that there's actually been someone else, a third-party to verify everything that they're doing. And there's no reason that they shouldn't because there are the, all those third parties are out there. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah, so um, part of what we also do is when our growers are certified, they get an individualized QR code that goes on the label, and then people are able to scan it in the dispensary, and it takes you to their web page on our website, and there's a very extensive profile of the farm and of the grower, and so it's called MyGrow, so Meet Your Grower, and it connects consumers directly with their producers, and it has information on everything to what they use in their soil you know so if you're going if you're trying to grow at home and you want to know your favorite product like what where what are they doing with this you'll get their whole you'll get their whole profile and so it's a really great way uh, and a communication piece uh, MyGrow is so yeah all right the other thing that you do with the cannabis conservancy is certification very important obviously to retailers consumers cultivators and there are benefits towards sustainability certification. Can you give us a few of those? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the you know, we only have one earth, so it's inherently better that we're treating our earth properly. And so with our certification, it goes into all of the inputs. So it considers all of the components of organic um, agricultural principles, and then also has an energy component and a water component and a waste component. And what our growers are finding is that when they go through the certification process, it actually tightens up their their internal processes. So they're training their growers better. They have better standard operating procedures. They know how much energy they're using 
per plant and so that they're really having a totally different look at their methods and understanding, you know, why are they doing what they're doing and they're asking themselves these questions and so they're able to reduce their bottom, like reduce their uh, resource use, which then, you know, it saves you the bottom line so your margins are better, which is so it's economically better and it's better for the environment. Uh, talk to me about the kind of certifications that you offer in terms of the models, individual and group, and I'm going to kind of wrap this up right now. How can people go ahead and learn about getting obtaining these certifications, going through the process, and um, making it so that they have that certification, which only adds more integrity and reputation to what they're doing? Yeah, absolutely. So you can reach us via our website. We are www.cannabisconservancy.com. Um, all of the information's there. Our standards, we believe in transparency. So our standards are available for review on our website by anyone from the public. And they can get, get a hold of us and we can start talking about where they're at. We're all about meeting growers where they're at and helping them along this journey. Uh, you know, we want you to be successful in this process. And so we're here to guide you through it. And uh, yeah, just trying to make the world a bit of a better place. So Brittany, there's a few things also for people that didn't get a chance to be at the summit, some great swag that you were providing to people. Tell us about that. Yeah, absolutely. So one of our certified growers is Island Mountain Originals. And Anne Beck makes this beautiful paper from cannabis stock. So this is from cannabis that's certified by the Cannabis Conservancy. And embedded in the paper are seeds for native plants in California that attract pollinators. So if you plant this and water it and care for it, it will grow and it will help to, help to attract bees to your place. So I think we got the best swag here. <laughs> that is fascinating. There you go. That really benefits after everybody uh, all said and done. Co-founder and director of operations for the Cannabis Conservancy, thank you for being with us here on Cannabis Radio. It was my pleasure. Thank you very much. Thanks for tuning in to these special episodes from the conference floor. You can join us in Anaheim this October 22nd through 23rd at the California Cannabis Business Conference. Learn more at CaliforniaCannabisBusinessConference.com. And thanks for tuning in. Until next time. The opinions expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without proper consent of CannabisRadio.com is prohibited.